Hey guys, welcome back to the next shot. This week we got Derek Dominski from Golf Better Tucson on, talking a little bit about his methodology, a little bit more about golf instruction, and some fun stuff about basketball out there at the end. So I hope you guys enjoy, and we'll talk to you next week. Nice, there we go. What's up, brother? How you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? Doing great. Good. Thanks for being on with us today, man. We appreciate it. We got Jazzy Jeff here and myself, so we get some good, uh, good conversation rolling here. I look forward to it. Nice, buddy. How's your day been? You got some couple um, podcasts earlier today. What's that? Yeah, I had a podcast before, and I got another one later. So I'm just, I got a bunch actually set up for today. That's awesome, man. That's uh, awesome. But yeah, just get my car fixed today, which is kind of a bummer. But what are you guys doing? <laughs> I just fixed my regulator on my window about two hours ago. Just had to take my door apart and put that sucker back up and get it going again. You know how to do that? I should have hired you, man. Yeah, there we go. I'll come down to Tucson and fix you up, bro. Just got to pay for travel. <laughs> Case of beer. How's the prep work for, uh, for the Arizona Open next week? Oh, super sick. I went to Ping on Monday with, uh, you know, do you know Marty Jertson? Uh, I know the name. I don't know him personally, but I know the name. Super smart. And then just got a driver fitting and I picked up like 35 yards. Oh, damn. Oh, nice. What did he do to it? What do you do different for you? Uh, they said just swing like Kurt Brown. I was like, all right, I'll try. <laughs> swing like a beast. So you're hitting snap hooks and slices all day. I love it. They get be like six eight two fifty and jacked. <laughs> there we go. Nice brother. That's awesome. Just the driver for you then? Uh, driver and then uh, putter as well. Yeah. What part did you go with? Uh, it's the mallet one. I think I don't know if it's called the catch or what, but it's like the mallet with the lines. I just like that look. So just another to add to the collection. There you go. Yeah. Center shafted. No, this one's heel shaft actually. There you go. Nice, man. Nice. Perfect. Get that puppy hot. <laughs> yeah, man. Got to roll those suckers in. Where's it at this year? The Arizona Open. What's that? Where's the Arizona Open at again? Superstition. Yeah, it was going to be at Southern Dunes, and they moved it at two weeks ago to Superstition. Nice. There you go. We're talking to the future champ. That's right. New driver. Hopefully. I got to play really well. I love it, brother. I love it, brother. Yeah, Derek's one of the better players in the in the state. Just trying to keep keep up. My first first tournament back in ten years of playing tournament golf, I got paired with Derek in what was that, two thousand sixteen? Two years ago? Three years ago? And uh <laughs> I was just trying to stay out of his way as I, I put up my smooth eighty seven and Derek went out in there, shot a nice little one under, grinding. Derek, one of the best short games I've seen out of anybody I've played with. So kind of what that was good that day. That was it. Dude, you're money, man. So what kind of got you What got you into the game of golf? Obviously, you've been playing for a long period of time um, since you were a youngster, but kind of what, what got you to where you're at right now? Yeah, um, I really like basketball, and then I was too short, and I really like skateboarding, and I just was not as good as, like, the younger kids who were coming up. So I was like, okay, I can't do this. And then golf, my dad really liked to golf, family liked to golf. And I had a really good golf mentor back in uh, Rogers, Minnesota, Steve Fessler. And our golf team, Elk River golf team, was a, was a high school. We had like 100 kids try out, super competitive, best team in the state. And that really 
motivated me to uh, improve my game. And that probably was all the, the big keys that got me into it. Nice. Wow. You had like 20 for my school. <laughs> we were Division three. We had everybody made the team, basically. Yeah, if you couldn't shoot low 80s uh, in tournaments, you couldn't make JV. Really? It was very competitive. So that was – it was wild. Dude, that's awesome. So did you play all four years then? Uh, yeah, I made the I made the, the varsity team as a freshman, and I was the, I was number six. There were six guys, so that really helped. I uh, played state that year, and then that really motivated me to get a lot better. We had the best player on the state. Our whole team was super good, and I was the worst player on the best team. So that was very motivating. Nice. So where'd you go? Where'd you go to school at? Uh, Elk River uh, High School in Elk River, Minnesota. No, did you go play college at all, or did you just come straight out here? Yeah, I played two years in uh, at Central College in Pella, Iowa, and then um, just got into the golf business. There we go. And have you been teaching the whole time? Uh, yeah, I have been, and then a little bit kind of at the start. It, I didn't really realize my passion until about maybe six years ago or so, and I was like, okay, this is what – this is really what I like to do. I love it, man. That's good. So you got, um, do you have online portal that you launched recently? Was it two, two years ago? Well, I've got uh, on my website, I, I built, I built a website about, gosh, I don't even know, maybe seven years ago. I just Googled how to build one and built it myself. And then just to kind of promote my teaching. I knew I'd want to do it at some point. So I did that kind of start a business and then it developed into a membership site, probably I want to say four years ago or so. And then that's been really um, doing great ever since then. Dude, that's awesome, man. And you put such good content on, on social. I was, every time I see any posts, I see golf better Tucson every, everywhere, dude, you just grind, man. I love it. I love watching yeah. you grind. I really enjoy doing it. Just like you, I know you're, you're, I've seen a lot of your stuff. It's awesome. You just, you have to enjoy what you're doing, regardless if people like it or not. That, you, you know, it's just, it's gotta be your passion. If you, if you really want to do it, like people ask me. And again, the, the big key for me is I've been doing it forever where I got in on it very early on. And I think a lot of people, and I got lucky. I, I just chose Instagram over all the other platforms to really put a little bit more time into there you go. then just it was so easy for me to post stuff because that's what i would do if i wasn't gonna make any money or if i was just gonna do whatever i wanted that's i'd do the same thing i love it man what's well, kind of been the I, your short game stuff to me has been probably the biggest thing at least that i've been yeah. i've been able to take a lot of stuff for myself personally coaching and working on my own techniques from the dominsky method and getting that grind and I love that 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 we took that into your name and everything along those lines like I think that was super helpful um I've always just had a passion for short game I love teaching all parts of the game there's some really good swing coaches I'm, I'm great friends with a lot of these guys who are you know just elite coaches and for myself when I played high school golf I was I was I had to catch up quick and the first book I got was Dave Pell's Short Game Bible, which if you've read it, it's literally like the Bible. It's like 2,000 pages. And I got in eighth grade, and I was like, okay, I got to get better quick. 
So I really devoted a lot of my time and practice to short game. Um, the first time I shot, even par in a nine-hole match, I missed all nine greens, and I just got up and down every time. So that's, that really kind of showed me the importance of short game, and I guess that's really where – it's really where I – just, just kind of my passion lays in that scoring aspect. Yeah. I know you study a lot. Obviously, if you follow Derek at all, Steve Stricker is the GOAT, man. Steve Stricker is the man – of the short game world and i know you did a lot of the stuff that you do in your own in your own swing and your own stuff is is predicated on that how'd you how'd you gravitate towards steve um for many reasons him and henrik stenson are favorites really and really because more of their story so like myself i i feel like my best golf was probably played 11 years ago and then it just kind of went away. So with Steve Stricker and Stenson, if, if you know their stories, so Steve Stricker was right on the, the borderline of losing his card. I don't know if he lost his card, but in like 02, 03, he just started playing terrible and lost his game. And he really built his game back up, and he won player of the year twice in a row and got to number two in the world. So I, I respect – I really like that he took ownership of – losing his game and, and kind of took that to that next step same with Stenson Stenson's lost you know he's fallen in the world rankings multiple times and I just I like guys who have lost it all and, and can come back because in a sense I felt like my game was was really good and I kind of lost it and I just I really like those guys that overcame losing their game so I thought that was really cool nice so how big of a mental challenge was that for you then like like for yourself personally going from being an elite player, kind of falling, because obviously Hendrick and Steve play at a championship level of golf. They've both won. I mean, Steve's having just a phenomenal year this year on the Champions Tour. He's winning freaking everything. And then Hendrick's just had a great few years like recently, and yeah. it's just been big events, just balling out. What's the biggest yeah. take from, like... It's, it's more of their living. So thankfully, I wasn't planning... You know, my life didn't depend on me playing well. But, it, you know, I just thought my game was trending. I mean, I was really going to go look more at playing professionally. Um, then I kind of got into the golf business, and that's where I didn't try to change anything. But, you know, as, as I'm sure you guys know um, and have experienced, you know, your game just changes. It's just kind of a fickle game. And even if you're trying to do the same things, uh, it's just so easy to get off track. You've seen it with guys like, you know, Jordan Spieth that, you know, obviously he's still like 33rd in the world. It's not like he's totally fallen off, but you've seen guys just lose, you know, players you, you wouldn't think would lose their games, just kind of lose it. Um, and, and yeah, it's difficult because you feel like, you know, you don't want that to happen, but that's just kind of the way golf is. It's true. Don't like anybody. It's like, plus the weird thing is they know the technique too. It's nothing like, they just kind of lose really feels and the mental side just playing because they didn't lose like nothing's changed over the golf swing. Not really, no. Between here and like 2002, it's just something mentally that they kind of lose, which is curious because nothing's changed golf-wise. I mean, you, there's different swing techniques that you can use. That'll be better for some people, but outside of that, it's maybe just put in more time, just more and more work to get better feels and get your mindset a little bit better yeah it can be a little bit of both um you know stricker based on what he what he has said you know i i 
uh, you know, I really try to deep, dive into what he, he's done. So he was getting long and across the line hitting hooks. So he just got, you know, in his little, you know, his little barn in Wisconsin where he hits balls and got a mirror behind him and got the club online. He just straight up never got it inside. So that kind of kind of got him back on track. And he would just hit hour, like hour after hour just checking his backswing. And the thing I love about him is he's playing great. And if you notice, he still just checks his backswing. And really, he doesn't have a coach. His father-in-law, Dennis, kind of coached him. But he really coached him to, to say, you don't even need a coach. You, just, you have to do these things. So I like how he still checks himself because just that level of ownership I've always yeah, I've always thought was great. And, you know, I think modern players, I think, will have a harder time to losing their games in a sense that more things can be measured now. Where if you look at, like, old guys like, you know, Duvall, and he had some issues, but like Ian Baker, Finch, you know, they didn't really have great, always the best information. And they didn't really, they really couldn't pinpoint where they were getting off to where I think the modern players now, when they get their stuff measured, it's a little bit easier, I, I think, to get back to kind of what, what, what they're doing at a high level because they know more measured what they're doing at a high level. Yeah, they're not guessing with 3D and TrackMan, stuff like that. I mean, yeah. you, you know, yeah, you get all the face-to-path stuff. You get that going, then you'll be pretty yeah. good. Spin rates, yeah, it's, it's a lot easier. It's better now because yeah, before you'd kind of – yeah, you'd guess like 20 years ago there wasn't <laughs> nearly that stuff. Exactly, exactly. So a lot of guys that were, you know, they were, they, I, in my opinion, they didn't really know how to fix hooks at a high level until till now. You know, some of the old ball flight laws, they would say, you know, you got to swing more right, and that wouldn't really fix the issue. In fact, it would kind of make it worse. So they really, uh, based on my studies, they, they didn't, they couldn't solve that issue as well as they can now with exactly face-to-path track man all that stuff who's the biggest influence on you as a as a coach who is the person that influenced you most and how you kind of built your philosophies your thought process on the golf swing obviously those players are some big influences on that but like who's the who's a couple of the guys that really has set you up to where you are at this at this point in time yeah that's great um so i think my mentor steve fessler he is like the president of the pga very well respected in minnesota one of the best coaches in the state uh, all around um he really took me under his wing and, and he was a great coach to me growing up i had a great high school coach as well dave conley was a great player um and they really never it, you know, they didn't really screw screw me up at all, which is which is not always the case. <laughs> uh, you know, as a coach, that's my number one goal is you know I don't want to screw people screw people up. Really, you know, you would hate to to really wreck someone. So that's uh, went to college and and then had a coach uh, there uh, that that wasn't maybe quite as as helpful necessarily. Um, and then getting into coaching, um, just kind of researching and studying. Uh, a ton of different coaches. George Gankus is a good friend who's really helped uh, helped me out with some swing stuff. Uh, but there's a ton of coaches that I contact, uh, that I'm in contact with online, who are just absolutely world-class, like Chris Como, Jeff Smith, uh, Drew Steckel, um, just a lot of, you know, James Ridyard for, for short game, Jeff Pierce. These guys are just outstanding. And I try to learn definitely as much as possible because they're a lot smarter than, than me. 
That's a quote I've said before once or twice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. So what would be, if you could go back in time at this point in time in your career, let's say six years ago, when you were just starting off, kind of getting it going again, what would you give yourself as some words of advice or words of encouragement, whatever it may be? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, the nice thing is I, I felt like I, I started everything because I wanted to do it. I never started, you know, I never, I never, when I built my website, I was like, oh, I'll just post YouTube videos and maybe, you know, someday people can learn some stuff. And then, like, I think that would be cool. Never thought it would be a revenue stream. Never thought it would be anything of, you know, maybe some of the success that it's had. It's just, I wanted to do it because I love teaching golf and it would be cool if I could help people. So I think I was starting, you know, I would just kind of say, you know, just continue to, to follow what you feel passionate about. And I feel like I, I, I did that. Dude, that's awesome. That's a hundred percent. Like if you listen to any successful individual in any industry, it kind of goes back to that thought process is I want to do this to help people. I want to do this to make people better. I don't give a crap about the money in a sense. It's just, I want to make sure that I'm giving the best information possible that I can help as many people possible. At least that's what I've seen yeah, over sense. and over again from any successful person I've listened to, especially in the yeah. golf world. Gives you more drive. Otherwise, you don't want to do it. You don't want to put in the hours. Just oh. kind of like playing, like going back. When you lost your game and stuff, you just had to put in more and more time. Same thing like working. Like if you don't love teaching golf, you're not going to stay up an extra two hours to learn something about it or to help an online student or whatever to where I think it's easy for me. <laughs> I think it's fun. It's like I don't care how much money I make as long as I can – have food and shelter, <laughs> you know, <laughs> car to get around, then, then life's, life's good. Did you guys ever work any jobs that you're like, okay, I, I got to find something I like to do. Cause I worked one where I was like, okay, I can't, I can't have a job where I have no passion for it. I, I will literally work for minimum wage if I like my job. Yeah. Uh, probably I would say the golf shop in general is kind of that, that job for me is like, I lose a lot of, and currently both of us are still going through that process of getting started and getting going. That's part of the reason why we're getting this podcast rolling is to take that passion and grow that into some type of revenue stream at some point in time where we don't have to deal with any of that. And you can take something that you love and take something that you enjoy. And this isn't freaking work by any means. This is a good conversation with an intelligent individual that knows the golf swing better than most. So it's like opportunity like this can, can change anything. So, those are kind of the things that at least I've experienced that I just dislike is sitting there and answering the same monotonous questions over and over again. And yeah. I worked in retail my whole entire life and it's like, okay, this is, there's something else out there. I think some comfort, like even for myself. So, you know, I wanted to teach full time, but what would happen is I'd work in the shop and then I'd teach my other two days and then I'd cut down to four days in the shop and, and teach three. And then I cut down to three days in the shop, teach four so I kept like, you know, reducing, it's not like it's, it's gotta necessarily be all or nothing. So you can kind of trend in that direction. I did that for, for quite a while. And then it just kind of made sense to where it's like, okay, I, I, I can kind of cut, cut the shop part out, but it, it definitely took some time. Oh, it always does. I think that's the biggest thing is that from the sounds of it, you were extremely patient during that process. Yeah, for sure. And, um, 
yeah, you just you, if again, if you love if you love kind of chasing what you're what you're doing, it's it, it's it's gonna be good. So tell us, uh, it was a few weeks ago. I thought I saw you uh, at the tour event. What was that experience? Oh, yeah. Was yeah. that two, three weeks ago? You were back in, was that in Minnesota? Was it the John or, Deere? Or John Deere? Yeah, so I was back. I, went, I visited family for a little bit, and then I went to the John Deere um, with Ho Sung Choi, who I've been in contact with about a year ago. I started a petition. Yeah, you know, I just, I saw him and fell in love with, with his game like many people did so i'd start a petition to try to get him in the phoenix open then they kind of reached out to me and we're just like you know super thankful and like oh that's so nice you didn't you know we'd like to meet you at some point and hang out and do that stuff um and he ended up getting a couple sponsors exemptions into some other events and he got one into john deere and they asked me a couple months ago hey would you want to come up and kind of help out and just hang out. We just love to just kind of spend, spend some time and hang out. It was great. It was so cool being inside the ropes, being, you know, in the locker room, eating with the players. I mean, it was, it was pretty cool, man. Cause I'm still a golf geek and I love, you know, they would always ask me, you know, like, who's that guy? What does he do? And I could, you know, I can name all the guys, all their swings, all the stuff. So it was really cool. I mean, it was a really cool experience. Uh, super fun. Uh, Hosung ended up missing the cut, unfortunately, but absolutely a blast of an experience. Probably more more to come too. I would imagine for you, my friend. Yeah, it's cool. It, it's definitely different. It was funny to see some of the guys working with coaches and, and kind of the dy- dynamic out there. And it was the my favorite or the funniest part. I thought was the caddy caddy dynamic. We had a couple times where we we kind of hung out with some of the caddies and it was just it was pretty funny how you know the players that were struggling their caddies man they were just kind of reaming into some play I mean it was funny they were just throwing their guys under the bus like he can't make any putts and he's hitting it like a garbage can and I mean it was it was pretty funny but um, yeah there's a lot of the dynamics out there but it was super cool that's cool what did you notice then Cause you see a lot of people each week on the range between like the guys practicing, getting ready for a tour event compared to somebody that's just your weekend warrior, just a typical amateur, maybe plays three, four times a week. Was there a different kind of practice that they spent in certain areas or was it, I mean, obviously they're out there for way more time than what most people have to practice the game. I think the thing that stuck out most, it was funny how, you know, because there was a lot of, like, pro-ams and practice rounds and all that, but it was funny, um, you know, kind of the day before, like, kind of hours before sunset, before the first day, you could tell the guys that were still trying to find it. And a lot of those guys, when I looked, they were at the bottom of the leaderboard, so they didn't find it. Yeah. But it's just funny how you know, they were really trying. They were, they were going to use every last bit to try to figure it out before they had to try to perform. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and then some of the guys I never saw, you know, uh, just for, for the fact that, you know, they were still practicing, but I just didn't get a chance to see them. Um, seemed like they had it more in order and, and could kind of just let it flow. Yeah, it's interesting going back to what Brooks said this last weekend. Kepka, he didn't, he already played three rounds of golf. So Sunday he's got some flack for showing up, what, 45 minutes before yeah. the tee time. <laughs> and he, he's already went to the gym, so his body's prepped to go. And he, you don't have to figure out your swing 
at that point. You can you can hit a couple balls, maybe get some feel for that day, but it's not like you're trying to figure out something technical wise. And he's like, no, nah, just go out there and play. Yeah, that was that was awesome. I mean, it's still a little bit, you know, you know, they're still playing for millions, and it's it's still rare. You don't see a lot of guys talk about that or even do that. Even if you know that's kind of last round and they're in the lead, you still see them kind of get there early and do all the stuff. Um, but it yeah, it was definitely funny to see. You know, he's not there. Like they had those tweets, like you know, forty five minutes. He rolls up and just <laughs> it was funny. I mean, it's just like you know, you and your buddies, you go up and your buddy just rolls up late. And, Okay. It was just, it was just yeah. funny how we talked about it. And yeah, he definitely obviously knew what he was doing. He played great that last day. It was awesome. Yeah, it's just a, he's a different breed. Like, just straight up. He, it's something I really haven't seen in a long period of time. Somebody with that mental capacity to go out there and compete at the level that he's competing at for the duration of time that he's doing it. It's unreal. I, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, it. you, you see some great play and you, see, you know, there's a lot of great players and you know, Jordan kind of had his, his time. And then Jason, you know, in 2015, and Jason had it a little bit, Jason Day in 2016. But then Brooks just has this mentality that you just feel like he's going to be there. Even if he doesn't have his best game, he's just so much mentally stronger. And he kind of even says it like, you know, I'm, he feels like he's stronger than everyone. He feels like, and he's obviously put in the work to do it, but man, that his mental game, I, I just feel like is so much stronger than the next guy. Um, uh, it's just extremely impressive. Do you think that's kind of where the world of golf is going to be going towards or gravitating towards is something more along those lines of getting players to be into that mental thought process or trying to figure out how to get to that thought process? Yeah, definitely. I, I think, you know, I think a lot of players do. I think a lot of them, they kind of trick themselves into it. And I feel like Brooks, believes it with everything he is you know you just see him it never seems like he's questioning his confidence where some guys you know you can tell they're trying to be confident they're trying to but it, it's just it's like they almost still don't quite believe it and brooks you can just it's just like you know. it's there he gives oh. off that body language like yeah it resonates off of him yeah it's unreal yeah it's cool it's cool to watch like he's kirk brown <laughs> yeah just prior to getting to the golf course <laughs> Maybe you just gotta go to hit in the fade, Kurt. I gotta go hit in the fade. I gotta go fades it, fade it up. Yeah. I gotta get that Dominsky down, man. I get the Dominsky method. I keep missing too many. Don't grades. play, dude. You got game. It's in there. I <laughs> know. I just never play. Man, I miss seeing you at those events, dude. Yeah, man. So when's uh? So you got a couple more that coming up this summer. Say it again. You got a couple more coming up this summer. Is uh Arizona, Arizona Open obviously next week, and then and then. The following week, we got like our Tucson championship, and then um, I'll drive out to Vegas for the you know the closed qualifier for the Shriners just to to get out there. I've been looking at the leaderboards too often. Have you been having pretty good seasons so far out there? Uh you know it's been hit or miss. I've had some really nice play, and then um, I've had some some not as good play, which I never mind. I don't mind playing bad because I feel like you know I'm always trying to trying to get things figured out so if I play bad I I kind of like it because it gives me an idea of okay that's you know that's not working that's not that's not it you know there's so I never mind that I never mind trying something out and being like okay that's that's probably not 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 the fit I'm looking for yeah use that as a learning experience 
So other people just take yeah. that. It's just straight negative and the <laughs> trunk slamming and they're going down the hill really, really fast. We should we get this wrapped up again in our question here. Have you actually worked, going back to the mental thing, have you worked with any mental coaches or talked to them when, when you're at the tour events? So I haven't um, worked with any myself. I've read a lot um, of like Bob Rotella, uh, Joseph Parent, Gio Valiente, um, a lot of those guys. I like the mental side, the Zen aspect. Um, there's there's a lot I've always kind of been into that that side and I feel like it's a pretty strong area of my game myself but but I've put in work there so that area yeah is important but I, I think a lot of you know people even listening can can get better from you know if you read Rotella's books or you read again Zen Golf's one of my favorite personal favorite uh books because it goes it does kind of talk about the mind body connection and the importance of that. Did you feel like you got some of that from the other sports or the failing of other sports as well? Or not really failing, but not, not having some of the attributes from the basketball experience or the, or the skateboarding experience that bled into golf and helped you in that frame of mind? You know, I think that I was almost, I was almost younger then to where it would have been interesting to see had I done it at a later age if I would have translated it or used any of the information I have now. Uh, but at that time, I was still pretty young and wasn't really that much into the, the mental side, nor actually didn't know, know, know too much about that. Yeah, I got you. If you could, if obviously, I know basketball is a passion of yours. Being Larry Bird, are you still putting Larry Bird on your ball? Dude, I'll, I don't know when I'll take that off. It'll always be on there. So if you find some golf balls in Phoenix and say Larry Bird, it's probably me. <laughs> probably me. Hopefully you don't find too many, but I've deposited plenty like uh, everyone playing desert golf. So who's the best? Who's your favorite NBA team then? Is it, is it Minnesota? What's that? Is it Minnesota? Is it the T-Wolves? Minnesota is my favorite in every sport. All right. Just making sure. Just making sure you didn't jump ties or anything. I would love to. I would have loved <laughs> to be a Minnesota Timberwolf. Uh, fan because I'd live a happy like I don't know what it's like to have teams consistently win and when we do I feel guilty like the twins right now are playing good baseball dude there's phenomenal right now guilty that we're hitting home runs and it's like who is should I root for a different team because I'm not used to teams winning and it's just it's just weird same same with Detroit man we've been <laughs> right there with you spent a lot of bad years with us <laughs> are you a Pistons fan then oh all day my favorite team of all time, I think, it was the 05 Pistons with Chauncey, Rip, Ben Wallace, and Rashid are my favorite. Spurs, you, the 05 team's your favorite. The year they lost to the Spurs, huh? I see how it is, Derek. Now I'm just messing with you. You're talking about the 04 team. You're talking about the 04 team. <laughs> what finals did they win? No, it was, uh, it was 03 04 when they won the championship against the Lakers, and then it was uh, they lost to the Spurs in 05. But it was still pretty much the same team. They just they just got okay. beat down by the Spurs. I'm just messing with you. On that era, but Chauncey, I, I love. I'm a big Chauncey fan, and Dude, that, was uh, so that starting five was like my favorite five of all time. 
I was one of the, I think it's still my dad's screensaver on his computer back at home is the the All Star the All Star picture when it was uh, Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, um, Tayshawn and Rip. Or excuse me, Tayshawn wasn't Tayshawn wasn't in there. It was it was Chauncey. But yeah, we had four All Stars that that year. And then Rasheed had to ruin it by switching his jersey number to 36. He went from 30 to 36. I was so pissed at him. I was like, you ruined, you ruined, you ruined this. We acquired you from the Hawks. We won the championship. Then you screwed your fucking number and you changed it to 36. And then we lose to the Spurs. I'm still a little bitter if you can't tell. <laughs> how are the how are the T Wolves gonna be this year? Are they gonna be any good? I've got a lot of strong opinions, and I was hoping we were gonna get D'Angelo Russell. Um, you know, unfortunately. I think we'll, we'll be okay. We just I, – I, unfortunately, I feel like our, our culture, we're just too comfortable with losing games. We got a few players that – you know, we had, when we had Jimmy Butler, I was a big Jimmy Butler fan. Yeah. And he just wanted to win, and I love that. And he'd kind of call out some guys, and then, you know, he wanted to leave for what I feel like is – you know, the, the guys just didn't really care as much uh, about winning as he did. And I, I, I was fine with that. I've never, you know, I didn't, well, obviously wasn't, he did kind of some weird stuff, but you could tell that guy just wanted to win. And I love that. Yeah. I think uh, just outside opinion, I think, uh, what's his name? Um, Big Cat. I think he's just a little soft, man. He just seems a little soft. <laughs> I, I, you get, you get that a lot. I feel like he's trying though. I feel like he's trying, but yeah, he's, um, how old is he? 24, 25? Yeah, he's super young. We got some young guys and, you know, all the Minnesota sports guys could just keep saying like, well, they're so young. And it's like, there's, there's just a point where you can't just, you know, they've been in the league for so long that you can't just give that as an excuse. I mean, they just, they, you know, there's young guys like Jason Tatum, you know, when he was his first series, 19 and he's doing incredible things. I just don't feel like that. That's a legitimate excuse anymore. Yeah, I think the I think it's bringing it up Tatum. I think they're going to be legit this year after they lose Kyrie. Kyrie goes over to the. To It'll Brooklyn. be interesting to see because they they definitely didn't didn't hit their potential. No, nice, bro. Well, appreciate you uh, appreciate you being on. Fun talking a little basketball, Thanks, a little man. golf with you, my dude. One last qu- we'll do one last golf question. He's got one more for you for you to finish it off. Like, if you could give a person like just one bit of information to get better at golf, whether practice-wise, swing technique, to get from you, what would you want to leave them with? Uh, say that one more time. Uh, if you wanted to give somebody just like a, a tip or something that they could practice to get better at golf, just kind of one thing uh, to gain from your Dominsky method, whether it's short game, chipping, putting, um, it's just for somebody who doesn't have a lot of time to practice because that's what we deal with the most like they don't have enough time because they're working quite a bit so if they could just do something small whether it's movement you know work on their flexibility maybe just read books maybe just maybe just work on the mental game that might just be it and quit whacking balls on the range yeah i'd say you know you got to kind of define your goals so i'll get a lot of players that want to they'd rather hit the ball what they feel like is good and shoot 88 rather than hit the ball bad and chip and putt well and shoot 82. They would just rather knowing that they, the score is not their goal. So you got to kind of define your goal, but it would be trying to get, you know, the best information. So 
um, you know, it's hard to make a change. And if you can get, if you can get good information or, you know, find a, find a well-respected coach, find one of you guys up in Phoenix to get some help, uh, get some correct information. That would be, that would just kind of make things easier down the road. But yeah, most people that, you know, I, I teach a lot of people, but a lot of people at the club are a little bit on the older side and they just, they can't move. They, they can't move their bodies the way they need to. They, they need to learn that. And then when you put a club in their hands and then they try to hit a ball, they got no chance to make the movement. So a lot of people to do some fitness, stretching, TPI stuff um, would be highly recommended. I like it. Goals. I know I seem like a lot of people just want to work on ball striking, you know, hit the ball better, but they don't even really care if it's about the score. Yeah, it's, it's, I found that to be true. And then, you know, obviously if they're going to pay you, um, you know, you, you just ask them what their goal is and, and you can say, hey, you know, we can get you to hit it better, but that doesn't mean it's going to reflect on score. And if you're cool with that, um, you know, I'm cool with that, but you just got to kind of let them know up front, hey, you know, your short game is terrible and, you know, you can hit it better, but if you're going to still just leak oil around the greens, you're never going to see your potential. But a lot of people say, you know what, that's fine. And that's yeah. – <laughs> I just want to out drive Frank. Yeah. <laughs> Get him that big Kurt status. Cool. I love that. Yep. Got to set goals. Well, man, well, appreciate you coming on today. I know you got to probably get ready for the next one. So I'll let you, uh, let you get back to it. But I appreciate you taking the time and chatting with us a little bit this afternoon, my dude. Always good to talk to you guys. Good luck next week, too. Yeah, play well, man. I will. I'll be thinking that I'm playing with KB because he's my good luck charm. That's right, buddy. I got. To, that's why you want me to get back out there. Larry, <laughs> Larry Bird's out there. <laughs> paired with me, then don't get back out. No, I'm kidding, dude. Okay, but I'd love, I'd love getting paired with you. Oh yeah, buddy. We'll talk soon. Okay. Good luck next week. All right. Thanks, my friends. Bye, nah, man. See you, man. Later.